0: Take the oh, 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 oh. Um, bam, 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 bam. Oh.
1: To the 2017 Dukey Awards, where myself and my partners in crime, Sylvia Silversmith,
0: hello everyone,
1: and Marsha McDonald, yeah, what up, give loads of love and indeed warm glows to those performers who impressed us at the 2017 Edinburgh Fringe. Isn't it great? It's quite fab.
0: That's what they win. They win our our approval. Indeed. That's what you win.
1: And let's face it, warm glows are difficult to achieve and often require some kind of a payment.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: My neighbor told me about how he enjoys happy endings, for instance. He has a hot tub.
0: Yeah, yeah why didn't that surprise me? Well, indeed. He told you about that? Yes. Wow.
1: He's quite an open character. Yeah,
0: I guess he is.
1: And talking of characters, we saw many an amazing performer and indeed audience member while doing our thing north of the border at the Fringe. And we're celebrating the amazing performers who had an impact on us and indeed some audience members all will be revealed.
0: It's it's amazing. I mean, there's just a great lineup of awards we've got here Dookie. And are, are you going to kick it off? Absolutely! Oh, fabulous!
1: The Dukey Award for Best Godzilla Outfit at Edinburgh Fringe goes out to uh-huh, like uh-huh. Briani Redman and her show Theory of Positivity.
0: Didn't you love her?
1: She was absolutely fabulous. She was very fabulous. A great all-round entertainer, oozes-like ability, and stiff competition this year. She won it by by a reptilian hand.
0: She she had that best Godzilla outfit because she took what was effectively, I guess, a child's like rain. What do you call it? Like a poncho? I would call it me and Marcia would call it a poncho. But I think English people would call it a Mac. Yes. And so she took like this green plastic poncho and put feet on it, like green feet, and googly, googly eyes.
1: And with that combination and her own delivery, it became the best Godzilla outfit of the Fringe.
0: Congratulations, Bryony Redman, for best Godzilla outfit. And Dookie, I just personally feel that there is no object in this world that cannot be improved by pasting some googly, googly eyes on it. Do you not feel? Mm, I think there are
1: some limitations.
0: Okay, maybe a few limitations. But for the most
1: part, googly, googly eyes.
0: Googly, googly eyes.
1: They do wonders.
0: I think she was great because she managed to do a one woman sketch show, which included a one woman martial arts fight.
1: Remember that? I remember doing sound effects for it
0: yes it was, she had us doing sound effects and it was a one woman martial arts fight and it was amazing a lot
1: of ah, uh,
0: and, yes. and a few
1: people were doing the old school batman
0: pow Yeah, it was it was a it was fa- fantastic and so bryany redman i think if you haven't discovered her yet because we hadn't discovered her yet and we did discover her she was amazing and congratulations bryany for a best godzilla outfit at the fringe So, Dookie Radio Show listeners, the second award goes to the Usher Most Shocked that there were actually people in the queue. uh 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 Bless her heart. Yes. You know... I just think, personally, I've never done that for a job, but, you know, if you're an usher and, you know, like, every day, for every show, they have to, like, keep the line in order. Indeed. And and then, before they open the doors, and then, you know, tear people's tickets, that young woman who was doing that for that one show, Mm. she was so befuddled that there were people in line
1: taken aback
0: she was thoroughly thoroughly shocked
1: jaw hitting the floor
0: yeah like you know to the point where the the people in front of us actually said to her why are you so shocked that there's people here and by that time there was only like five people in line and she was still shocked that there were five you know five whole people she nearly asked
1: are you sure you're
2: here <laughs> for the nearly, right show? <laughs>
0: she nearly asked, and then, and then bless her, because she she obviously remembered her usher training from Usher One Hundred and One. Like, don't be horrified and shocked that there's actually people for the show. So she she should also win the award for the world's most backpedaling at the fringe. Which was, oh yeah, I, I I didn't mean that. You know, the numbers have been good. Her numbers
1: have been absolutely
0: fine, uh, and I don't. I think she just kind of let that sentence kind of trail off,
1: and then she disappeared, and we didn't see her until about twenty seconds before showtime. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it, the audience numbers increased by one, which meant I think it was a grand total of six yeah. in a room that you know had a capacity of about twenty.
0: Yes, I think she probably went off to like uh, polish up her resume. You know, maybe thinking ushering possibly isn't where it's at for me.
1: However, backpedaling might be quite useful in a, a unicycle capacity at a circus.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, Usher most shocked that there were actually people in the queue. Well done, that person. Lovely person.
1: Now, the next one is quite an interesting accolade. This dukey Award goes to the most bullying comedian, but not in a sexist way. way I, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh. This goes out to Ben Fogg with his show, How I Won Best Newcomer at Edinburgh Fringe 2017. He didn't.
0: Amazing, and and, and he didn't win. He, no. So maybe he should also be uh, the winner of most audacious show title Indeed. because he didn't even worry the short list nor the long list for best newcomer. He did not. And what an amazing person to be able to be uh, an amazing bully. Indeed. And, and picking on people in the audience who had paid money for his show and who were sitting there smiling and supporting him. And while he insulted them and made them just feel generally dreadful about themselves and his show. But what he didn't do. He didn't pick on any of the women. And he should be applauded for this. Isn't that wonderful to be such a bully and, but then to kind of give the impression of, I'm going to bully you, but, and because it's wonderful to be thought of as being a nasty, insulting bully who makes people feel dreadful, but I'm not a sexist. Not at all. So please don't think I'm a sexist.
1: One, small step for bullying kind.
0: Isn't it just? So if you're going to be a bully be a nasty horrible insulting bully but make sure that you're not a sexist bully so well done bell ben fogg yay 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 him
1: now we're going to be slightly political with this next dukey award this one goes out to the audience members most grateful for the uk leaving the eu We went to see a best of showcase from the So You Think You're Funny shows.
0: A comedy buffet. A comedy
1: buffet. A comedy buffet. A Jimmy Buffett of the comedy variety. And in the audience were five people who hail from Antwerp. Yeah. And... In the front row. In the front row. Now, I've been to Belgium many times And I've had the joy of playing there. I have been to Antwerp, a wonderful city. And indeed, in Belgium, for obvious reasons, the EU is an important entity. So the fact that these Belgians were in Edinburgh taking in the fringe and also being quite have a go in their attitude by being up front is a thing of beauty. I don't think they felt that way for long because they, well...
0: They got bullied by a number of comedians. They were mercifully, mercilessly, mercilessly Mm. uh, bullied uh, by a guy who he was Glaswegian.
1: Yes, Scott Gibson.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they he kind of looked at him to say and I think he did just come out and say, like, why aren't you laughing mm. at my jokes? And they, and one of them was just really honest and said, I can't understand you.
1: Sorry, I, I've got problems understanding your Scottish accent. They were Flemish.
0: It, but obviously, they're Dutch. Now, what is Fle- that? Oh, Flemish. Okay, right. Flemish is a legit uh, accent. Job. So, and, and I think they should. That particular person should also win the award for the most inaccurate uh, use of the word racist. Because when the guy was honest and said, I- I'm having a hard time understanding you, because if you're not from the UK, you know, getting your ear around a Glaswegian accent just takes a little bit of practice, right? This is true. And, and their ears hadn't become attuned, obviously. And he called them racist. And I thought, well, that's not strictly accurate. I, I guess he could call them xenophobes if he wanted to be more accurate. But mm. even that, you know, I think they were just being honest and that row of belgians was mercilessly picked on by just about every comedian and bullied and shamed within an inch of their lives and and, and what a what a wonderful thing to to so so in a way, it's kind of a joint award between this uh, Scott Gibson and then the comedian whose first name is Eshan and, and, you know, joint winner of that award for making these Belgians think, uh, you know, I'm glad we've left the, the UK's left the EU so I don't have to deal with these people.
1: Indeed, indeed.
0: But the, but we, we did get one thing out of it, which was uh, Ed Hedges. We saw
1: Ed Hedges, who was a breath of fresh air in this comedy buffet. A young comedian who hails from Cambridgeshire and clearly a man that's going to be going places. And somebody who I hope will be on the Dukey radio show fairly soon
0: i hope so because i think we should give him a special award like you know you win the award for you know the most relief that a one of the comedians tonight is actually funny and b he's not bullying anyone
1: no if anything he seemed extra appreciative that these people from belgium had gone to the fringe and been there to see him perform
0: i I thought he was just a, a little slice of wonderment and you know i don't think you should have to be grateful for performers not yelling at you no but but we were
1: and he's proudly a beta male and at this fringe one of the themes was just that the rise of the beta male
0: yeah so like a little heads up to these you know alpha male bullying comedians like you don't you know maybe it's it's had it's day uh, I don't know or maybe people like that I, I don't know maybe people like to be bullied like I don't know maybe they do
1: I suppose at certain gigs where you're aware that a comedian has that particular style, you can understand it. But at a comedy that's, buffet... That's
0: why I didn't go to that particular mm. one, Dookie, because I don't like sitting there being stressed out, thinking this person is going to pick on me, and I don't want to be insulted and picked on. So I'm glad I didn't go. Although I'm sorry I'm, I miss this this lovely-sounding Ed Hedges person.
1: Ed Hedges, definitely a force to be reckoned with. In comedy, I think he's going to go very, very far.
0: Yeah, you know, the Ishan guy, you know, he, he, it's a shame because his material was really funny.
1: He was but, really but funny. But
0: because the Belgians were sitting there being quiet, I think because they were trying to, you know, like attune their ears to the the British accent, uh, you know, uh, the, he kept bullying them for a laugh. And I was thinking, you don't really need to do that because, you know, winner of best material that doesn't need you bullying people for a laugh because it was, it was funny stuff. But, you know, I was sitting there like, I, I don't want you to... I don't want you to come over and bully me into laughing. It was a comedy
1: buffet in which some of the items which were available to sample had gone unnecessarily cold.
0: Yeah, or kind of, you know, like, off.
1: Off is a word. It's like
0: when you have some bad crab salad. You
1: know,
0: like... like, you're in the buffet. Like, if you know that book, The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, it's it's about her, you know, one of the scenes is where they have a, a really posh buffet, but the crab salad is gone off. So, the next day, everybody's just shooting it out both ends. So, it sounds like it's kind of, it was a buffet like that.
1: Indeed, Sylvia Plath or Victoria Lucas, which is the version yes. that I read. Oh,
0: weren't you good? If you're UK. a Plath fan, you will appreciate that. So, yeah, those Belgians are going uh, UK. Yeah, glad we're not part of you anymore.
1: UK, go away.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. And the
1: next key is for the least number of fucks given at a performance. And this is indeed a joint winner with the least amount of time between being at home with your feet up and being on stage entertaining people. Way, uh-huh, uh-huh, like it, uh-huh. And this goes out to wonderful Canadian comedian, tony law for his last minute performance at this is your
0: trial i love tony law because he seems like a really nice person and the the least amount of time between being at home with your feet up and being on stage entertaining people came from when he kind of said oh uh sorry and when we were in the queue and he was obviously on his way to the stage mm. and it was very clear that the performer who usually does that role had dropped out like five minutes before and tony law got call, and it was something like tony you need to get over here right now because you need to put on a judge's wig and you need to just go with it, Mm. right? Did you not get that feeling when he he came through the queue? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. He
1: came through the queue about five minutes before showtime. And this is a trial-based comedy which is interactive in that. It requires audience members to put their court cases uh, forward. You know, things like... My sister
0: stole my thoughts.
1: Indeed. Fun stuff, depending upon how drunk the people are or how sober they are. And uh, Tony Law um, put on his wig and said something along the lines of the only reason why he was recruited for this probably has something to do with his surname Being law,
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, don't forget he's joint winner with at least number of fucks given Mm. because he couldn't have given less of a shit. Mm. You know, he was like, had to play a judge, but then he started, like, for some reason being a pilot.
1: Yeah, he's originally from Canada and has an accent which you would, you know, reference to his native Alberta. And he decided to eschew that particular regional accent and put on this very old school order in the court. It it was nearly a convincing British accent. And then for no reason, he, you know, when the defence were putting their cases forward, he just turned into a North American pilot and mm, roger that coming in for landing. Uh, That's right. We're cruising at uh, thirty thousand feet, and I think he tried to use as many phrases as he could remember from many a courtroom film and drama.
0: He was a good guy, and dare I say, probably you know, Brian. He was in that show too, and and but you know, the two of them like made that that thing kind of good. And and he has a history of being mentioned on the Dookie Radio Show. Indeed. Does our Tony Law?
1: Yes, a couple of years back, uh, he was involved with some pretty intense uh, heckling, and uh, that
0: was a night when it was all kicking off because everybody had been in Bybin and it was like two in the morning, and people were getting nasty. Yes, so I think uh, didn't Tony Law like. You know, the nicest guy. He seems like the nicest guy in the world.
1: He comes across like that. And also having heard many a podcast from UK comedians, he is loved amongst the British comedy fraternity.
0: And he just turned.
1: Yes. And and you couldn't blame him. And, you know,
0: I mean, somebody pulled the fire alarm just because it was getting that bad.
1: And they hit that fire alarm just after he said something along the lines of, hey, buddy, why don't you take you outside and I'll fuck you in your fucking face. Yeah. Which yeah. really does Tony Law a disservice it, it, because it he does. oozes loveliness and
0: fluffiness. You know, it says more about how the audience that night was just kicking off. I mean, it was like, what? It was like becoming like a zoo in there. And yeah, so least amount of fucks, least number of fucks given, uh, joint winner with least amount of time between being at home with your feet up and being on stage entertaining people... Congratulations, Tony Law.
1: The next dookie goes to the best show we didn't see. Uh Uh There are only so many hours in the day. There are only so many days that one can financially afford to be at Edinburgh Fringe. And while we were going out and about doing our thing many a person would come up flyering their respective wares. In about a quarter of the cases in which people are flyering and trying to get people to gigs, does the actual performer themselves come up to you? It's fairly rare. It is fairly rare. It's fairly rare. And in the case of Catriona Knox, who many listeners may know from the show Screenwipe, Charlie Brooker's show. Yes, Charlie Brooker, um, she was out there doing what she called herself as focused networking.
0: She was very funny.
1: She was absolutely hilarious. Like she
0: had me doubled over laughing just in her flyering, and that's that's hardly ever happens.
1: And she was promoting her show Adorable Deplorable.
0: Yes. And I'm sorry we didn't get to see it. It was just one of those things that we just were only here for a certain number of days and we'd already booked a number of tickets and the time slots just didn't work out.
1: Which is a real pity. The way that she described it to us and her actual demeanour really... Made it something that we wanted to go and see and would have otherwise.
0: She kind of said to us, "You look like Guardian readers," which I really love because if you don't know the Guardian, the Guardian is kind of like associated with being kind of lefty, liberal, you know, whatever you may think about that. But I I said to her, "You know, is anybody at the fringe not a Guardian reader?" And she said, "Yes, she actually met somebody who voted for Trump, and it was it was like he must be the only person in Edinburgh at this moment." who's on the side of Trump. Indeed. And she made that really funny. And I'm sorry we didn't go see her show, but it, it wasn't for want of trying. And also,
1: Sylvia, you made another observation about Ms Knox.
0: Yes, which was.
1: And that's the fact that her flyer and her appearance in person
0: are very different. She Looked really different, and and in two such beautiful ways that like you're so beautiful in real life, and you're so beautiful in your flyer, and you just look really different. I guess just because you look more casual. This is but true. It, but it doesn't matter because she's the winner of the best show we didn't see, and congratulations, Catriona Knox.
1: The next award goes to a friend of the Dukey Radio Show.
0: Uh oh. And it's for Dukey. Yes. Yes, yeah, Sylvia's going to start getting a little tingly here, okay? We're oh, just warning you. Right. Because she gets tingly. Yes. When you uh, mention this
1: person. Our Sylvia has a little bit of a thing. Yeah. For the next Dukey Award winner. It's for the best response to an empty wheelchair in the audience. And it goes to John Hastings and his excellent show, Audacity.
0: wasn't an excellent.
1: The show was absolutely brilliant. He he's, is amazing. He's very amazing. Uh, and I'm a big fan and he was a great guest when he visited the Dookie Radio Show studios back in November 2016.
0: And Dookie, he's just walks that fine line between being, he's clearly a nice man. And he, but still, but not nicey, nice, nice, because he can be atherbic without being mean. And I think that's a really, really difficult line to tread. Mm. And so when he came in, when he made his entrance, there was an empty wheelchair in the audience, which must have been slightly disconcerting. Mm. And he handled it really well. Like he, or
1: really well. he
2: really
0: well, very good dookie. He handled it really well because that must have been a bit disconcerting. And but he didn't go like, oh, I'm going to, you know, shy away from it mm. because I don't want to get myself into trouble talking about somebody who's disabled. But he didn't jump all over it and like, I'm going to be really mean to show you how down I am with the disabled. He just did that beautiful thing, like just pointing it out and saying, We all want to do wheelies in that, don't we? And we all did.
1: It's true. You see
0: an empty wheelchair, you want to do a wheelie in it. And the person whose wheelchair it was, so, you know, just absolutely fine.
1: She was laughing and appreciated the fact that she had a fine piece of machinery.
0: Absolutely. And she just didn't want to sit in the only place that they had reserved for a wheelchair. So she went to sit somewhere else. So that left an empty wheelchair. But Mr. Hastings... Dealt with that so well. The way I think that he delivered, he deals with everything well.
1: And there was also he's wonderful. Uh, oh, he is wonderful. And there was a very young person in the audience.
0: <gasps> Fletcher. 13 years old. Yeah, uh, A young lad. And he wasn't a beagle because Fletcher makes it sound like there was a 13 year old beagle <laughs> sitting next to us. A 13
1: year old kid from L.A. who managed to sneak into this particular venue And it was a 16-plus venue, and he was absolutely brilliant. He's
0: wonderful. It's like Fletcher probably was thinking, why can't he be my big brother? You Mm. know what I mean? Can I give Mr. Hastings another award? Of course. Can I give him the award for best mama at The Fringe? Because his mama was at his show last year, and she was there this year, and she's obviously done a very, very good job with him.
1: And is incredibly supportive. I believe Isn't she? she goes to most of the run. And for those people not in the know, the Edinburgh Fringe runs for virtually the whole duration of August. Yes. And... It is a very loving and supportive mother who will go to each and every performance. And in yes. the case of John Hastings, he is so good that I completely get
0: it. He's so wonderful that I think that the winner of this year's most bullying comedian, but not in a sexist way, should maybe aspire to be the best, you know, handling of an empty wheelchair in the audience award because Mr. Hastings could really teach him a lesson or two of how to be a comedian because he just perfect. So congratulations, Mr. Hastings and friend of the Dukey radio show.
1: Indeed. The next Dukey goes to the most amount of effort gone into a subject that was bombing. And it goes to Andrew Zoltman. Andrew Zaltzman from The Bugle and from Satirist for Hire. Fellow podcaster. We are big fans of the man. His sister is involved with Answer Me This, Helen Zaltzman. And pretty much every fringe that we've gone to, we have seen his show. In fact, And once in London. We've seen him like
0: five times. He put a lot of effort into a subject that was not going to fly no matter what. He could have filled that subject up with helium. And it wasn't going to fly. Indeed. He could have shot it out of a cannon. It wasn't going to fly. But he put so much effort into trying to make it fly.
1: And with the show Satirist for Hire, he does solicit the opinions of future audience members and indeed people who might be right in front of him during the show. And we'll riff off of it and uh, hopefully get some laughs.
0: Yeah, just sadly, nobody had actually heard of what he was riffing off, what he was satirizing, to use his phrase.
1: And uh, in this particular case, he was talking about a game which came to prominence in the 1990s. I believe it was called Quake.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd never. Had you heard of that?
1: I have, yes.
0: Okay, so I hadn't heard of it. Sylve, you've never heard of it. No, I never heard of it, but you know who had heard of it besides the audience member who suggested it Mm. the man in front of us Mm. He'd heard of it so that he was doing that kind of like little kid in school who knows the answer thing where he was like Wiggling his butt in his chair like all but raising his hand going. I know I know Mm. So there was like two people who were fans of this game and even Andy Saltzman hadn't heard of it Mm. so And and there were like 100 people in there. Yes. So that was like 98 people who don't really know anything about this game. And he satirized it for like 15 minutes. I remember one of
1: the lines. Yes. Quake. It sounds like the noise that a posh duck
0: makes. That's funny.
1: That was funny. But the remaining 14 minutes of banter involved a great deal of impressive wordplay but he
0: worked so hard and bless his heart that that subject was never gonna fly but mr saltzman was like somebody suggested it so i have to do it so he put a lot of effort it was never gonna fly congratulations andy saltzman on the most amount of effort got into a subject that was a bombing award
1: And Zaltzman normally never bombs. It's important that we say that, but he, he wasn't it. wasn't bombing,
0: the subject was bombing.
1: Indeed, and there is Absolutely. a big difference. The next award goes to the most restraint shown by performers who wanted to thump an audience member. And this one goes out to the aforementioned This Is Your Trial.
0: women, though, not, sorry, let me correct that. Not just women, but all of the performers on stage who were Tony Law and Bryony Redman and that other amazing woman whose last name I can't remember. I think it was Allison... Scott. Scott, spelt with a K. Double-belled yeah. Scott. Uh, she was amazing. Uh, so when they had the audience member up on stage to put him on trial, as it were, this kind of older guy, he he called the women performers prostitutes. Mm. And mm. I think he needs to go fuck yourself.
1: Go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. <laughs> He was an elderly man who had hearing problems and clearly some moral issues and I, as well. I, I
0: think he thought he was trying to be funny. And Tony Law and Alison and Bryony Redman, who are all up on stage, and, and the guy who was emceeing, were all like... Right, We really should, we really want to lay into this asshole, but we can't because we're kind of, you know, we're, we're script. we're kind of scripted here. We're mm. kind of, we have to do this. But I think if they just been a stand up, you know, there there's an excuse. For, you want to, bu- hey, if you're a comedian who likes bullying people, you stick with people like that. Right. Indeed. And, and those, you know, you could just tell, like, they were just like, we want to lay into you and we got to be nice to you. And his wife was in the audience, and everybody was kind of looking at her like, you're married to this dickhead. Mm-hmm. So they, those performers showed a lot of restraint, like a lot. So I think that that award for most restraint shown by performers who want to thump an audience member, definitely well-deserved. Well-deserved, and congratulations to you guys.
1: And talking about aggression yeah. and restrained aggression... yeah. The next dukey goes to the best dressed aggressive audience member which goes out to a chap who was resplendent with sartorial elegance at the talented Mr. Hawk. That's the way I, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh. Troy Hawk, Milo McCabe, another friend of the Dukey Radio friend. show. And yes. While Milo McCabe was doing his troy hawk thang on stage it was a free fringe show and there were a number of people who shall we say had imbibed a wee bit too much to the right of us yeah
0: given the time of day because it was only like you know like three o'clock or something
1: indeed and there was a chap in front of us who was sporting a cravat which one would assume a die-hard troy hawk fan would wear
0: Yes, he looked like a very imposing man in Indeed. his article of sartorial elegance, which is a phrase that I can't get enough of. Indeed.
1: And he got up, had to cross the main aisle, yes, and politely, mainly with a so look politely. on his yes. face, uh, told them that they had to shut the fuck up. And he succeeded. But he did so with such elegance and he really was well turned out
0: then he sat down with an air of if anybody else would like to fuck with me go right ahead because i am waiting and you just didn't associate it with that that kind of article of clothing because there was another man in that audience who looked like oh my word like if a tractor trailer came to life it Mm. would be this man like he was like five feet across and Five feet tall and just sheer, you know, like steel muscle. And he had a shaved head. Mm. And Mr. Troy Hawk asked him which side his politics were on to the right or the left. And he said to the right. So maybe he's said Trump voter that catriona mentioned indeed and you would think if anybody in here is going to go silence some rowdy people by telling them they better shut up or go fuck themselves you would have thought it would be him but that's such terrible stereotyping who would have thought it would be the man who's wearing the cravat
2: indeed
0: so best dressed aggressive audience member definitely goes to that man
1: if ever i'm in a position where i need to have security mm. i want to find this chap
0: isn't it? And adjust?
1: ensure that he wears the cravat. It seems appropriate for yours truly. I
0: think it's a lesson in stereotyping. Indeed. The next
1: Dukey Award goes to best use of a burrito at Edinburgh Fringe,
0: Dancing Australians.
1: And it goes to Lauren Bock. And her show is That a Burrito in Your Pocket, or are you just happy that you have a burrito?
0: It's a good title.
1: It's a very good title. She comes
0: under the car- category of dancing Australians because what we've seen a lot of a long
1: history of seeing yeah, a long dancing of Aussies,
0: Australian comedians and performers at the Fringe, and there always somehow seems to be a dance. And when we came in, she was dancing. She was, and she and it was great. It was a great way to start the show. And then she ended the show with a burrito,
1: which is. A great way to incorporate Tex-Mex cuisine absolutely, into your show. It was fabulous. And she tied all of the topics from her sombrero of topics i'm trying to keep a tex-mex here i hope you appreciate that yeah we and appreciate then weave that. them into a, a burrito which she then consumed
0: i just thought, uh, you know i always think about people's props right when when we go to the fringe i always think you know especially if it's something perishable i think you know you have to buy that every day so she had to like buy tortillas every day so that she could perform her like, you know, it was kind of almost like burlesque, which, which was like using them as like burlesque fans. Like, and you got to be, I got to buy another packet of tor- tortillas. And that must be hard. Like if you're, if you go to the local store and they're out, like, and then you get in a panic. And like, this, oh, is, God. Edinburgh. Yeah, this exactly. is Edinburgh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, I always respect Uh, performers that do that like that's like we've seen people who had like grapes as part of their show and stuff like that you have to buy that every day Mm. and I would just panic like what if they're out Uh, you know what you know speaking of burritos and Mm. no no speaking of burlesque you know, I like that comedian, uh, John Robbins, who had that great line about burlesque. Yes. That, that he said, uh, nobody actually likes burlesque. It's just there. It's just there. And, and I thought, you know, that's true. You can feel like 200 people in the audience go, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of true. Nobody actually likes it. They're just there.
1: The people who take part clearly benefit from it. Yeah. They're celebrating femininity, there's power, and people with various different body types are able to rock it but do i like it
0: i don't yeah i
1: no does I anybody would, like it
0: i always kind of thought that i did but when he said that it was kind of like it was kind of like self help group it kind of like oh it gave me permission mm. to not oh yeah it's just there i don't have to like it it's, it's a bit of a
1: sacred cow
0: yeah it's like you know Dita Von teeth you're very pretty i don't need to like i like people who perform with burritos and lauren bach she's probably heading back to australia as we speak but uh, and i i wish her well because um she she did well with the burrito dance and it was good right it was absolutely brilliant. And she she, she was she did a good, good audience kind of questions. She certainly did. Uh, she made me realize something about myself, Dookie.
1: What is that? Which I didn't
0: realize. What's that? See, I didn't know that I didn't have to like burlesque. And I also didn't know that I kind of have... I'm too old for him now. But I, I kind of have a crush on Trent... From Daria. From Daria. Well. That's what she made me realize about myself. Like, ah, yeah, I kind of had a crush on him. Not now, because I'm too old. But at the time, Trent, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Dookie Radio Show listeners will no doubt be aware that I have a bit of a thing for Daria, so...
0: You definitely love your Daria, Mm. Dookie. That Dust Bowl humor, you just love it, which we will come to. Indeed. Because one of the comedians... Really, really flipped your switch. Just in terms of just sheer adoration and respect and admiration. Yes. So we will, we will come to her. But best use of a burrito, Lauren Bach, definitely. The next Dookie Award goes to best audience member versus gorilla. Game of Twister goes to the comedy troupe. Foil arms and hog. That's the way I'm-
1: This was a close call because obviously this ingredient uh, featured quite heavily at the Fringe.
2: See it all the time.
1: the Irish comedy troupe managed to win by one Twister manoeuvre.
0: Yeah, you know, you see it all the time. Audience members uh, playing Twister with a gorilla. And I don't need you know do do you need to even say more than that foil arms and hog uh, three names, so the three guys in the Irish comedy troupe. Look them up on YouTube because they 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 put their sketches on YouTube and they're making a big name and it's well-deserved.
1: Absolutely. We saw them last year and in the last 12 months, they have gone from strength to strength. Three really talented lads. And the one thing I loved about their show this year and last year is that they clearly love what they're doing and it's infectious. You
0: also find out what actually happens to your luggage when it's being conveyed from airport to airport. Indeed. You find out what actually goes on. And so if nothing else, you should go just to find out because it just clarifies everything. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're a slice of uh, comedy heaven. and Yeah, best audience member versus Gorilla Game of Twister, well-deserved foil arms and hog.
1: The next dukey... The best grief hoedown. And the winner is John Robbins. Uh 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 John Robbins was the partner of popular British comedian Sarah Pascoe. They split up last December on a very auspicious date. And his comedy show is all about the breakup and they're both doing dueling
0: shows at the edinburgh fringe both about the breakup and he just won the edinburgh award he's a joint winner with another comedian who we don't know called uh hannah gadsby i think she's australian Mm. and so it's the first time there's ever been a joint award at edinburgh and so well deserved you know if you do a grief hoedown Mm. To me, you're just going to have to win the the award for Best Grief Hoedown. I mean, that's just as simple as that.
1: I remember kind of vaguely the hoedown was something along the lines of, she told me she was leaving on Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day. She told me she was leaving on Christmas Day. And the audience ended up taking part and it, it was really, really, really good. I make it sound as though it's a, kind of a... It's Cockney. Yeah, yeah. and it, the hoedown was, but he's quite well spoken if you can turn
0: your grief into a knee slapper i think big up to you john robbins he doesn't need us bigging him up but we're gonna big him up anyway
1: his show was genuinely beautiful best
0: grief hoedown lots of competition out there but he certainly got it definitely congratulations john robbins and
1: the next award goes to another friend of the Dukey Radio Show. Yes. And it means a lot being able to say that. Yes. And this particular person is an absolute talent tour de force. The award is for most accurate show title. And it goes out to the wonderful Pippa Evans. For Joy Provision. And that is exactly what her show did. It was wonderful. You
0: can't say any more than that, Dookie. She called it Joy Provision. She provided an hour of unmitigated joy. That woman could fill a stadium with her talent. And the joy she provides, what more can you say? Congratulations, Pippa, for most accurate show title. The
1: next award goes for the show best described by making up a new word. I'm going to tell you who the winner is, and then after we hear Casey and the Sunshine Band, incidentally, before we give the award, Sylvia, yep. I understand you had a, a vehicular altercation with Casey but not the sunshine band
0: i have history with him dookie what happened and it's not good history well it makes me sound like a bit of an asshole but i'm gonna say it anyway i happen to be in honolulu
1: as one does yes
0: you do and i was driving through a parking lot and i accidentally very accidentally cut him off in a car park and how dare you i know i really didn't mean to i really didn't mean to and he gave me the finger and i thought oh my god Casey and the sunshine band is flipping me off Isn't i it- think that's amazing <laughs> I, I you know if i if that had happened to me i'd have that printed on a t-shirt <laughs> i don't know i'd have it tattooed you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band flipped me off. Not so sunshiny now, are you there, Mr. <laughs> flipping the bird guy, right? Not so sunshiny. So, I I did feel bad, but I was also kind of, oh my god. I mean, I grew up listening to Casey and the Sunshine Band. So, and now he's flipping me off, so it's kind of like Maybe it's like how stalkers feel you know like stalker people who stalk celebrities, mm. and the celebrities are like telling they're like crying and telling to go away and take him to court and stuff and and they're maybe they're thinking like. Any attention is good attention because they're bonding with me in some way. Like, I kind of feel like maybe I should feel like that. Like this person from my childhood is (laughs) flipping me off and it's not very nice, but hey, it's a celebrity who kind of knows who I am now.
1: Do a little dance, make a little love, flip off the person that's just cut you up in the car park in Honolulu.
0: Mr. Casey and Mr. Not-So-Sunshiny band, if you're listening to this... um. I'm I'm really sorry I didn't mean to. You know, and yeah, and maybe you need to get your anger issues under control, there, man, and be a little bit more sunshiny. You know, you hear Pippa Evans, you know, accurate because she's called a joy provision and she provided joy. Yeah, maybe try to increase your accuracy, sunshine. Yeah, maybe you need to call it like a grim hurricane, right? Casey and the not
1: so sh- sunshiny band.
0: Yeah, not so sunshiny. Yeah, so that that's my that's my.
1: Casey story, my Casey story,
0: my claim to fame.
1: <laughs> oh, is this it? Yes, that's my claim it, to it's, fame. Dookie. It's
0: yet to that's be it. eclipsed
1: by any other. Yeah, that's my only claim. Oh
0: no, I have a Joan Armatrading claim to fame, but that's that's different
1: for another time.
0: For another time.
1: Back to the award. Yes. So this goes out to the show best described by making up a new word, and it goes out to the multi-talented David. Huntsberger, and his show Big Nothingness. uh uh David Huntsberger is quite famous in the podcasting world. He was one third of Professor Blastoff. He's a regular participant on Alison Rosen's excellent podcast. Alison Rosen is your new best friend. And he oozes a gentle charm that I, is very much yes. uh, welcome in uh, the Edinburgh Fringe. And and I hope he appreciates this. is part of the revolution of beta
0: males. I don't think he would mind that because, you know, you're a beta male and you're wonderful. There's Thank lots you. of beta males out there who are wonderful. Indeed. Can I just say, to, just to objectify him as well, he's a cutie patootie. He's very pretty. He's a cutie. And he's
1: lovely. We saw a bit of his show quite randomly because we already had tickets to see him. And we saw him do three or four minutes at the Fast Fringe, which is...
0: A sampler. Yes. Yes.
1: It's a... a, a, It's like a, a... buffet sampler yes. and uh and I had a the chance to chat with him really really briefly and he just seemed so appreciative that uh somebody from these shores knew of his work on the other side of the pond
0: so what were you making up a word indeed to describe him his yes. what his show because i didn't I didn't get his show yeah. but so what
1: his show come lecture uh, come multimedia
0: experience. Wonderful animations
1: is is otherworldly. Yes, and whimsical. S- yes, whimsical is, is the, the word. Words. His particular take on whimsy is uniquely his. And
0: uniquely male because you've seen male. a lot of whimsy, and it's, it's usually women. Indeed, so like, Josie Long, Josie Long is instance. very whim- whimsical. Yes. So you usually, and Claudio Adarty, another dancing Australian performer, uh, was, was very whimsical. And is and very whimsical, and he's a male. Male plus whimsy.
1: Is Mimsy. Mimsy. So the wonderful David Huntsberger and Big Nothingness made us come up with Mimsy.
0: I have to say that, Marcia, you weren't at the show, but you read his comic book because he was very kind and gave you a comic book. He did indeed. That he does.
1: Called "Just Perfect" comics and blatherings. Have you ever seen Marcia
0: laugh so hard?
1: No, it really resonated with his
0: her. His comics are hilarious and and, and kind of like dark, which I love. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed him and his male whimsicality. I'm, I'm glad I read the, the comic book because that's, that's some sheer talent right there. So, yeah, I guess it's well-deserved then, the show best described by making up a new word. Yeah, well done, Mr. Hunsberger.
1: The next Dukey Award goes out to the best example of nearly seeing a show unintentionally. And it goes out to Pants and Pantsability. uh uh We were at a diner, we were having breakfast. I was tucking into some veggie haggis and the full Scottish breakfast that accompanied it. And I needed to do some downloading. I went to use the loo and the loo door and the door to the venue were right next to each other. And while going on my way to the bogs, the person who was performing in Pants and Pantsability, Pam Ford, assumed that I was going to be seeing her show patted me on the back and said, hurry on, get in. The show's about to begin. Ah, awkward. And I felt really awkward because I had a need and it wasn't necessarily to see the show.
0: Uh, awkward. And can I just say, if you're not British, that the word pants is, means underwear and not like pants
1: indeed you wear pants beneath your trousers
0: And, and i would have been a little scared to go see her because we saw people being herded into her show and they were kind of being made to walk in like crocodile formation like when you're like five and you're going on a field trip like where you have to walk hand in hand with you know your little school partner and they were yeah so you know Pants and pantsability—the the the show that you nearly saw after, as you say, downloading.
1: Indeed.
0: I mean, that's that's risky business to be having. You know, literally to be having your show right next to the restrooms, uh, because you like you're just recruiting people who're coming out from having a Wes. This is true. I I don't know what her show is like. You know, I hope she did well. Um the, yeah
1: the audience who were taking part in that particular performance definitely looked like they were waiting for the arrival of cocoon.
0: Yeah it was weird. It was kind of like, you know, like a cruise ship it just pulled up just to go to this show. Like the demographic was kind of weird and like, genuinely
1: uh, the average age of around 80.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is unusual at the fringe because at the fringe I'd say like the average age is like 30. Mm. So, you know, it was just kind of strange and I, I hope, I hope they enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope, you know, pants and pants ability. go. Uh,
1: I enjoyed downloading and I enjoyed finishing my full Scottish veggie breakfast. And uh, I felt really guilty for Don't having guilty. to. Uh,
0: Never feel guilty for to finishing. To remove
1: her hand from my
0: back. Never feel guilty, Dookie, for finishing your veggie haggis. Never. Never, ever. And they did good porridge there they certainly do you know what people don't understand maybe who don't live on this on these many islands that are wonderful they don't understand that porridge the most humble mm. breakfast meal that you can have besides toast, can be an amazing thing.
1: It's better north of the border.
0: If you just can't... Absolutely. I mean, if you haven't had porridge or oatmeal, whatever you call it, in, in Scotland, then you just haven't had it. Because you can take a humble ingredient and just take it to stratospheric levels of wonderfulness. So since being home, I've really missed the porridge. And I've asked
1: Scottish friends, both in Scotland and living in England what it is about Scottish porridge that makes it so good. and It's a mystery. I've had salt cited as yes. an example. Yes. And I realise that is a unique twist on mm. the theme. But I think it's different. I it's, think it's, it's about the water that's used up there. The, the water that comes out of the Scottish taps. And as you've said, the Scottishness.
0: Maybe it's like you have to be Texan to make proper barbecue or something like that or from
1: the carolinas or from
0: kansas city apparently but you have to be scottish to make really good porridge
1: this is true it is really special it's
0: really good
1: now marcia you're going to feature in the next award yeah this is for the worst reason ever to start a twitter account
0: Dookie, Dookie listeners, I need you guys to help me out with this because I've been resisting going on Twitter for a long time Mm. because I just think I heard a a guy say once, you know, when when people were complaining about getting in fights on Twitter, he said, if you don't want to get it covered in shit, don't get into the cesspits. And, you know, you all, all I hear about Twitter is people getting in fights and it's usually like when they describe women on Twitter having a little bit of a thing. You know, it's just described as a Twitter spat or you get death threats or, you know, horrible things said to you. So I've resisted. Right.
1: Until the Edinburgh Fringe.
0: Until the worst reason on earth. So certain, you know, I'm a bully, but please don't call me a sexist uh, guy was being insulting to all the men in the audience and you came in for some of that which really pissed me off so I thought you know what I'm going to do I'm going to start up a Twitter account just so that I can can you know go for him on Twitter right
1: so you set up the Twitter account so so
0: that I could tweet go fuck yourself go fuck yourself fuck but rather
1: than using it as a conduit for releasing your bile, you decided to use it for good.
0: Well, I just thought if I do that, then I'm guilty of doing the very thing that I hate about Twitter. So, Dookie, can I just say that, you know, that we saw that guy's show on, what, like Monday or something? Yes, yeah, so it was our
1: first day so, at the so Fringe. It was first
0: day, so like... And now we're a week later Mm. and it's taken every I've had to harness every screed of willpower Mm. that I have every minute of these past seven days without without respite to not go on Twitter and and tell him to go fuck himself. And because i just feel like for me that would be against my print my personal principles i'm not saying you might other people might not share those principles but for me that's and it's exhausting
1: the temptation yeah and the fact that you have not realized yeah so your, your primary aims because to be fair you set it up with the primary aim of using it for rage
0: yeah and I just thought you know the the there's enough rage in the world there's hmm. certainly enough for me there's enough rage on the internet so I decided to do the opposite and just use it to big up People who I like, but the problem with that is I don't have any followers. Yet. So, yeah. So, uh, I was thinking, like, you know, if you tweet something nice about somebody that you've seen and nobody's there to hear it, is it still nice?
1: It will remain nice, especially if it's being retweeted.
0: Yeah. I just hope like, cause I, I did tweet about a number of comedians who were mentioning on the show today as, and, and I just hope that they, they don't go like, well, what the fuck are you tweeting about me for? You don't have any followers. Um, I just hope that they could use it to retweet it like, hey, you know, here's another one of the millions of people who loves me.
1: If you'd like to follow Marsha McDonald on the Twitter, please, you can link up
0: with her via at Marsha Mac. What up? Marsha Mac. What up? And I'm just going to put it out there. Could you please follow me? Because right now I got the like the big goose egg.
1: Just it's begin. early days. I've got a quote for you here that uh, may yeah. resonate with you. Yeah. And I, I need to get into character a bit. Mm. So are you, are you ready?
0: I'm drinking coffee, but yeah. Which is my my picture on, on Twitter is an actual coffee that I was having. Oh, excellent. Yeah. That's quite fitting. Yeah, there you go.
1: Here we go. I need to get into character. Oh, my God. I got one follower. Kim Kardashian upon receiving... Her first follower on Twitter.
0: That's heartening.
1: It has to start somewhere.
0: I would call that heartening. And you know, I, when I was setting up my my Twitter account, you know, all of a sudden I turned into like Fred Flintstone. Like I, you know, I use a computer every day and a, and a phone. You know, I'm not a cave person. You
1: are what I would describe as an advanced user
0: yeah you know like i've taught myself how to use a program that you know not a lot of people use yet and you know so i'm not like a a luddite but i all of a sudden i just i'm like wilma flintstone here like and i'm asking you like oh it's asking me for my phone number does that mean that people are going to be able to call me and you said, you know, correctly, if that was the case, Kim Kardashian would be taking like six million phone calls a day. Kanye, can you hold on? I need to answer this. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I. <laughs> So that was stupid, and then I had to ask you for my Twitter, what should my Twitter handle be? Because, you know, Twitter suggests, like, Marcia Mac 127
1: zr 1291628 mm-hmm. Catchy. Memorable. Yeah, they,
0: oh, memorable. So, yeah. And, and Sylv, you, you don't have a Twitter. I, I do not have a Twitter, just because I just feel like... I don't need any more excuses to be on my laptop because I'm on it enough. Mm. So I don't have her uh I've got the big goose egg. So yeah. Worst, But worst, re- definitely, I appreciate the award. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank Dookie. I'd like to thank the Dookie Radio Show. I'd like to thank Sylvia Silversmith. I couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, I'd like to thank Mr. Bullying Comedian, but please don't think I'm a sexist, for worst reason to set up a Twitter account award. I thank you very much. Uh, I'm humbled. Okay? humbled. Touching. Yeah.
1: Very touching.
0: You're going to cry. Indeed. Oh, my God, am I doing a Gwyneth Paltrow Am Ooh. I just being like overly emoting here like I tend to do?
1: You have to thank Horatio MacDonald for inspiring you to use a computer in the first place.
0: Yeah, okay. I'll thank Horatio, whoever the fuck that is. MacDonald. Oh, my cousin. Yeah, yeah we, my cousin, cousin Horatio. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, you, okay.
1: You just go on and on about it. So Horatio. I'm humbled.
0: I will put this award up on my non-existent mantelpiece.
1: The next dukey goes out to the worst time for your bank to engage the anti-fraud precautions by stopping you spending any money. And it goes out to Marsha McDonald.
0: Ah. uh Uh I'm humble. Oh, wow. Two in a row. Two awards in a row that was really bad timing wasn't it it was it was bad timing you know like when you're checking into your accommodation for the for the fringe and the woman she's looking at the computer and looking at the computer as she she's running your car through and just shaking her head and shaking her head and shaking her head and shaking her head and, her head and I'm like what she was I kind of got like I kind of liked her Mm. If you know what I mean,
1: she was a comfortable shoe wearer. She,
0: she, I did like her a lot. Mm. I liked her shaved head and, and she looked really cool. Anyway, away from that, for, you know, so I'm standing there having a heart attack and going, you know, the money's there. It's, it's a lot of money. It's, you know, for five days accommodation at Edinburgh, it's a lot of money during the fringe. Mm. And I'm like, but the money's there, you know, the money's there. And then I found out, like, my bank decided that that was the moment to say we've put a stop on all payments coming out of your your account because of our anti-fraud protection. So like nothing's happened, nobody stole anything, but they just decided that was the moment. No, 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 we're not going to let you do spend anything because just in case it's fraud. I'm like aren't there better times to be doing You couldn't do that when I was like paying for a coffee. All right, maybe not coffee cuz no. that is serious. No,
1: but that uh Extra round that you're going to buy for a bunch of strangers that you met at four in the morning at some club somewhere and will never see again.
0: Stop me now.
1: The bad ideas bears telling you you have to work tomorrow. Oh, I
0: got bad ideas bears. Or or like, you know, if I'm, I'm, you know, I never do this, but, you know, if I'm watching, you know, QVC, the shopping channel. You do
1: it. You do it.
0: Sometimes. At four in the morning and like, oh, I just have to have that slanket. You know, you can't stop me then and say, no, 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 we're not going to let this money go out and give me pause for thought. No, you're giving it to me to where I'm thinking, shit, I'm going to have to sleep on the street for worst time. Thank you. I'm humbled. I'm humbled by that award. The worst time for the bank to put on the anti-fraud device.
1: Whenever you deal with banks, there are charges galore. And they will levy all kinds of fees and whatnot when you're dealing with them. Yeah. All the reason more to appreciate the free things in life, particularly when those free things are found at Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. And this next award goes out to the best free item that we enjoyed at Edinburgh Fringe. And because there is a winner and a close runner-up, we have Mm. a joint winner
2: here, Mm.
1: I'm going to play a bit of Casey and then we'll discuss. Mm -hmm. The The main winner is for a production that we saw, a theatrical production that we saw, called What If The Plane Falls out of the sky, and the free items, and it is a plural here, mm-hmm. are mojito and a cold one at that mm. very cold with
0: really cold
1: and mini cheddars mid performance.
0: Dookie, this show was my idea because, as you know and Marcia knows, but listeners may or may not know that I'm very, 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 very scared to fly. So I just thought, what a great title for the show. Yes. What if the plane falls out of the sky? And I thought that it was going to be whimsy. I thought it was going to be one woman whimsy because that's kind of how it was built in the Mm. program. And it wasn't. It was three kooky performers. Two women, one man. Yeah, it it was it was uh, it was kooky. It was kooky. It's Dadaist comes to mind. It was very Dada. Very Dada, indeed. I mean, Duchamp would be proud.
1: Indeed. And at one stage, and this explains Irene's wonderful vocal performance at the top of this episode of the Dookie radio show they did a beautifully choreographed and syncopated uh, dance routine to Laurie Anderson's Oh Superman, which is not a, a track you would normally associate with such things. Oh
2: Superman.
0: It's an interesting song.
1: the three performers from this troupe who are called idiot child incidentally uh, were um, all wearing tabards and they had uh, special compartments for storing
0: mini cheddars as well as the ice cold mojitos they were ice cold and i'm not really a mojito drinker and we'd already had Two Proseccos that day, and it was like four o'clock.
1: We were having Prosecco breakfasts on this uh, particular fridge.
0: Oh, we fringe. were, and there are other breakfast beverages. Um, and I kind of thought, I'll go in for the mojito, because this show is trippy. Decidedly. And the mojito got me pretty hammered. Mm. But I think that this show Should also win another award And I think that award is I think it should win the <coughs> Excuse me I'm getting all emotional over this Clearly, I think they should win the Best performance of a raw sausage having a dialogue with a Barbie doll.
1: And then being attacked by a shark in the form of a sock puppet Mm -hmm. after the the, uh, talking sausage's demise, being cooked on a a heated grill. Actually actually cooked. Yeah, it genuinely was being cooked.
0: So well done to what if the plane falls out of the sky. done by Idiot Child uh, Productions because they're... Out of Bristol. Yes, they've won two awards, which is best free items, and also best performance of a raw sausage interacting with a Barbie doll, uh, including a shark. This is difficult for me. Shark sock puppet. <laughs> well, done. That's, well done.
1: Well done. Very well done. So, an award within an award. <laughs> And the next free item award at the Fringe goes out to
0: uh runner up my new sister Carmen Lynch. That's the way. Uh-huh. I
1: like it. Uh-huh. What a brilliant American import hailing from New York City. We caught her Thankfully, at the Fast Fringe and saw her full show a couple of days later, she is absolutely brilliant. The Dookie radio show is head over heels. I'm a big fan. I think she is absolutely wonderful. Very funny.
0: The only problem I had with her show was, A, I was sitting there going, she and I kind of are a lot alike. And... yes. You know, it's that dry sense of humor With that constant irony mm. And I was thinking, don't you and Syl Get enough of that hanging around me No uh, Okay, so that's nice We need
1: more of this in the UK And
0: then, And then I was having a total panic Because when performers do the free fringe You don't buy tickets, obviously, because it's free But what they do is finish their show And then meet you outside with some kind of receptacle And she looked like she had just taken all like her utensils and flung them out of her, you know, the thing that you use to dry your cutlery in <laughs> and flung it out and just used that, which I loved. <laughs> and I was just thinking, it, it kind of dawned on me like five minutes into her show, shit, I don't have any money. Cause because the bank put a stop on my card. I had to take a load, of, a shitload of cash out from my credit card and I took a shitload out because, you know, they charge you up the wazoo for, for cash withdrawals on a credit card. Mm. So I, thought, I don't want to keep taking little bits out and being charged like two pounds a time. So I took out a fucking buttload and then I hid it in the room because I don't want to be carrying it around with me. Right. Yeah. And stupid me left it all in the room. So I'm sitting there thinking, shit uh i love this woman she's like one of my favorite people or if not the favorite performer at the fringe yeah i'm just gonna give her that she's like my favorite performer at the fringe and i'm thinking i can't pay her shit so i'm opening up my wallet and i'm dibbling around in my wallet going shit man what do i please let me uh and dookie sylvia i gave her all of my money I gave her all of my money. So like before we saw her, my wallet weighed like five pounds. In you weight. could
1: use it to keep We a, used it a, as a doorstop. Genuinely, yes. Yeah. And it worked.
0: After her show, my wallet is like featherweight. Mm. And and it's because I just took all of my change and dumped it at her.
1: Including at her. all the copper
0: oh and and now and then i felt like kind of a chump because like you know like when you tip like waiters you're not supposed to leave like copper because it means like your service wasn't actually very good i don't want karma to think that i was just like i'm gonna give her all of my money and then i thought maybe i should ask her if you just give me your bank account details i'll just sign over my next Paycheck to you Carmen do you accept PayPal Yeah like I'll just Anything I'll just give I will give you All of my money So Uh Yeah I didn't mean to I'm sorry I had to give her Coppers but I did and and then I told her for the second time at the Fringe, I told her that I loved her.
1: In fact, the second time you said something slightly different.
0: Well, the, the first time when we saw her as part of the comedy sampler, mm. I just walked by and took her flyer and said, Loving you.
1: And the second time you said... I love you so hard.
0: I told her I loved her so hard just because I feel like she's like a kindred spirit. Which
1: sounds like something that a neighbor who has to find his glow in a, in a special way may hear from the people that he liaises with.
0: Yeah. Uh, less said about that, the better. Um, so I love her because I just feel like somebody else on this earth is me. And it, it's a good thing. So she made me feel better about being me. And when I said I love you so hard, she gave me a free pen. She said, oh, oh, thank you. Have a pen. And I have it. I, it's a clicky pen. And I'm going to it's clicky. And it says, hold me on it mm. and then it's it gives her a website can i give her website absolutely um, www.carmenlynch.com c-a-r-m-e-n-l-y-n-c-h.com she lives in new york sadly and sadly for us here in the uk and um I just don't want her to go back. I don't want her to go back either. I have a feeling she's probably flying back like tomorrow or the next day. And I just, I'm, I'm going to feel a sadness when she leaves these shores.
1: The UK will be a duller place without having her doing her thing all over a fair Lots of islands. You
0: and one of her friends started tussling over her on Twitter. See, this is what happens over Twitter. Because you said, Carmen, you need to stay on these shores. We need you. Yes. And one of her friends in America said, no, I think you'll find in the United States that we need her more. Which, to be fair, you can't really argue with. They do need her more there. This is true.
1: This is true. I, I
0: And, and... You know, she called me her sis. Yes. And to be honest with you, Dookie, I think that's the best thing that's happened to me for a month. You know, I just feel, you know, like when you just meet a kindred spirit, like you just feel like the world is okay. And so that's why, well done, Carmen Lynch, for best... Uh, runner up at best free thing And the only reason she didn't win Was because in the sausage V Barbie doll show We actually needed The mojitos <laughs> We needed it. I mean this it wasn't boring true. right the show no. wasn't boring no. By any means It was just we needed The free thing to keep us going Whereas Carmen you know She just has to be herself she doesn't Need free stuff and that's why she's runner up Indeed. That's a lot about Carmen. So
1: Deservedly so. Yeah,
0: like yeah, we we like her a lot. No She's she's T D R S sister.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Sylvia, you need to set up this next dukey award. This is something that we narrowly escaped. It was a escape. It, it must have been really cringe worthy, so Yes, set it up for
0: us. Well, it was my fault because I nearly made us go see this because this was my idea. So, but this is the award for most cringe-worthy audience participation. The Dookie Radio Show will forever be grateful we weren't there for. Yay! We're
1: going to protect the names of the guilty here in the cringe causing state
0: let's not name this show because i think people are enjoying the show for many different reasons and Indeed. it doesn't matter and let's just say it was a theatrical production that i really wanted to go see and we found out that it was sold out we went to buy tickets and it was sold out thankfully yeah thank god i'm just saying thank god because it, uh, sylvia i love you dearly if i had had to do this i would have it might have been friendship ending, and I wouldn't blame you a bit because mm. I later I was kind of there was a review of this show in the paper, and you know they don't need us to like them because they're they're doing fine.
1: So so a, uh, a so show it's that's fine. yeah a show that's one hour in duration.
0: Yes, and and it was partly a play, and the play only lasted I've read uh, for thirteen minutes, right? Which means you have forty seven minutes. How many minutes?
1: A, a number of minutes. minutes, yes, a
0: lot, a lot of minutes. Yes, to then have audience participation, and we have since found out that the audience participation was that you had to have what they call a splurge, mm. which is a good splurge. word for me. A splurge. They, you had to have a splurge, and a splurge meant that the audience members had to roll around on the floor making noises.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what mine would have been? Mine would have been a great big old
2: see ya.
1: Go fuck yourself. Fuck. When the audience has to provide the entertainment, it makes you wonder why as an audience member you've had to pay.
0: Yeah I wouldn't have maybe gone the whole hog or the go fuck yourself because that <laughs> that's a thing that needs to be used with you know targeted use I think it would have just been a great big old see ya. I'm not see doing ya. this okay. I'm not rolling around the floor making any noises <sighs> and yeah Sylph so that would have been tough to keep this friendship going. Do you agree with me Dookie?
1: I agree. We would have been. I concur.
0: Yeah I mean so yeah best uh what was it again most cringe worthy audience participation the dookie radio show will forever be grateful we weren't there for i think that is well deserved for the splurge the
1: fact that it was sold out, it was meant sold out yeah. that tdrs was spared the splurge
0: yeah and, and it, they don't need us and it's fine I wish him the best of luck. I'm very sorry for such a narrow escape. And yes, some the big dog in the sky was looking over us for sure. Yeah. Best coping strategy for audience members seeking to avoid being riffed off of.
1: The fact that most of the shows that we went to see were decidedly sparse in the front row as people were entering the venues is a potent indicator that audience members are a little bit wary of being picked on and we came up with some strategies to assist those people who are not keen on being riffed on
0: and and this award goes to being from an innocuous city and working as a charity fundraiser In the United Kingdom, I
1: thought it best to say when people ask you where you're from to use Bedford as an answer. Nobody has an opinion on Bedford, not even people from deepest Bedfordshire.
0: Can we unpick this a little bit? Because firstly, you know, every comedian, you know, when they're doing, we've we've only just found out, I only just found out that when comedians pick on audience members, I don't mean like audience participation, like where they're going to have you play Twister with a gorilla. Because if that's well handled, and it was in a lot of different shows, then that's totally cool. But the crowd work is where they go up to people, usually in the front row and go, what is your name? What do you do for a living? Mm. Or what is your name? Where are you from? Uh, don't, should we as a human race just decide that that's done? Mm. Cause you know, I'm always sitting there going, I don't care where what their name is or what they do or what I don't care. So if I was a comedian, I'd be thinking, well, what can I do that's different? Like, you know, what kind of things do you have in your drawer? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Like Everybody's got a drawer, you know, where it's all the stuff. You know, what? what's the, you know, I would ask something like that just to be different. But we've learned that if you do get that question that's saying, what, Bedford? Yes. Why Bedford?
1: Because nobody has an opinion on it. It's quite an innocuous place. I have played in Bedford of any called Esquires. It's still there, by the way. Do go looking for it. But it's a place that nobody has an opinion of. And it's too innocuous to have the the piss taken out of it. Uh, If you're in North America, I would use Lethbridge, Alberta. Nobody will have an opinion on it. Right. Not that I have any issue with Lethbridgeans. What about Duluth? Duluth, Minnesota. You see, you know, Bob Dylan is from there. Oh, right. It's a place that has links to it that people know. And also, Minnesota people will start to take the piss out of the accent. You know, oh, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. So, oh, not sure about your police work there.
0: So you want the comedian... Oh, except
1: in, a, in, a, in an accent that's from there.
0: So you want the performer to be going, tick, 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 tick. What do I know about this place? Mm. Nothing.
1: Nobody wants know anything nothing. to say about Bedford, really.
0: So if people ask you what you do for a living, if you say, I'm a charity fundraiser...
1: For a a cancer charity.
0: Oh, okay. So then they're going. I can't. I can't make a joke about that because everybody will hate me. Mm. Or if they do, then they're pretty brave, I guess.
1: Indeed. So do
0: keep. You be the performer and I'll be because I need to role play this because there's nothing I hate more than crowd work because it just I just hate it. It makes me break out into a sweat. And I think I'm paying money for somebody to embarrass me. So, can could I role play this without
2: being absolutely
1: be okay? okay. You, you certainly are quite lively for a Thursday night, right? Okay, darling, here you look looking quite uh lovely in your green ensemble. What well, is it like St. Patrick's Day or something?
0: Uh, no, I just like green.
1: Right and uh, anyway, so uh, what's your name? A uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Silver. All oh, right. Oh, so you got a bit of a lisp there, but um, yes. y- you've got the whole alliteration thing happening.
0: Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a charity fundraiser for children with learning difficulties. Uh,
1: uh, right. Uh, okay. And uh, where, where are you from? Then uh, you got got a bit of an accent there.
0: I'm from I'm from Lethbridge, Alberta. Uh,
1: right. Where Where's that? In Canada. Right. Okay. Uh,
0: right. Anyway,
1: all right, all right. This guy over here is so giving me, giving me, oh, give me the evils. Um, dot dot dot. That the, the person has moved on. You've given me nothing to riff off of,
0: except my lisp.
1: Indeed, yes, but that would possibly be cruel.
0: And you were oh, uh, wearing true. all green. That's true. Okay, so yeah, that makes me feel better actually, because I don't care if people make a joke about my lisp because it's fine. What's wrong with having a lisp? Uh, I just think. I'm even more scared of people talking to me in that kind of, when I'm an audience member because I think oh it just means I'm going to be in the spotlight longer. But like you say they they'll think like equal opportunities if I make fun of this woman's speech impediment that'll make me look like an asshole. Yes. So they won't want to go there either. I mean
1: I suppose if you are from another continent like in the case of this northern comedian Who's trying to riff with you? Yes. There may be a follow up question of, yeah, what brings you to, you know, Scotland? I mean, bloody hell. The porridge. Right, so you're here for porridge? Yes. Well, like the television series, all that stuff that you eat that's like bloody library paste.
0: Library paste.
1: Right, oh, okay. Uh, and how long are you here for? Uh,
0: at This gig, too long. Right,
1: anyway, this guy's giving me the evils. Right, so what's your name?
0: Dukey, well, I went to a comedy gig with you once where the, the guy, because because you look like a musician, whatever the hell that looks like, mm. right, a- and the guy said to you, hey, you must be a musician, and, and your response was probably the best, which was just, D- don't riff off of me, mate. Mm. You're not going to get anything. <laughs> yeah, was... And then he swiftly went away and started to pick yeah. on another woman.
1: Oh, and he was quite uh, caustic.
0: And he sucked.
1: Yeah. I was respectful of the fact that he, he followed my suggestions. I remember that, that evening well. I was in a bit of a mood and I just wanted cheering up. I did not want to be the centrepiece of this person's crowd work. The,
0: I just think it's just so weird to me. I just, when I don't understand things, I, I get scared. And I don't understand why insulting people is funny. I just don't, you know, like my in my parents' day, they came from that comedy of... You know, take my wife, please. kind young Yeah, and they thought that was hilarious. Mm. Or people like Don Rickles,
1: the late Donald Rickles. Yes, yeah.
0: Who who would just Donald? Donald. <laughs> who didn't he just pick on audience members and like say horrible things about them? That was his
1: whole thing. He ripped the piss out of everyone. I think, in a way, especially with his celebrity fans, um, they wanted to be roasted by him. But if you're I going don't to understand. go and see, Don... it is a weird one. If you're going, going to see Don Why Rickles, is it funny.
0: I don't I guess, you know, people might think that I'm stupid or something, but I just think I, I don't understand why that's funny. And, you know, that's why I didn't go to some of the shows that you and Martha went to, because I'm not as brave as you guys are. And I just think I just rather not, you know, run the risk of somebody making fun of me. Mm. And I just think, and like you say, you know, like in every Edinburgh show, they have to have the ushers like almost try to force you to sit in the front row. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't try to force people to sit in the front row. Maybe the performers should just make sure not to be assholes. Which here, most here. of them that we saw weren't, but some of them were enough assholey from, like, that just scared me away from thing and, and I just think, do you want to scare your audience members away from the front row? Surely not.
1: That's the one thing I remember from Ed Hedges' slot. Um, he was asking a member of the audience something about whether or not they had kids. And this person who was, I think, probably intimidated by the compare was uh, quite reserved. And Ed Hedges handled it so well. You know, I'm not here to pick on you. I just want to know. I'm a beta male. How could somebody like me pick on anybody? Yes, and then the he's person a very slight opened up, person. And, yes. and he only used it as a link to be able to segue into the next topic. Which he l- he was like going in Carmen's to gig as well,
0: because she, she was in a really small room, and two people came in late, and there were only two seats left, and they were in the front row, and she just immediately put them more at ease by saying, "Don't worry, I don't pick on people." Mm. And I just think if I, I mean, it upsets me as an audience member, but if I was a performer up there as well, I would be really. I would be really impatient and frustrated with the performers who do pick on people because that makes their job harder because they're sitting there looking at an empty blank row empty front row or they're having to reassure people don't worry I'm not going to insult you Mm. or pick on you so I think they should all collectively get together and just just I don't know maybe it should come with a warning or something. Like, think- we do pick on people, so if you're a weenie like Sylvia Silversmith, don't come to this show. Maybe <sighs> it should just be... That would make me feel so much better. If it just came with like a little warning, like if you're a weenie, like a- an anti-weenie warning. Mm. That's all I need. I'm a Weenies weenie. Weenies
1: are not welcome.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be picked on. I'm a weenie. I will go home and cry.
1: And you may cry soon because yes. we are about to give the last Dookie Award out. This one is for most number of bugs congregating in one area outside of the bible
0: and the award goes to
1: the The summit of arthur's seat the summit of arthur's seat we climbed up arthur's seat in edinburgh as a way of let's face it working off the many (laughs) proseccos that we've been having breakfast lunch and dinner and a beautiful view a beautiful climb and a fuck of a lot of midges
0: dookie can i just say firstly if people don't know what arthur's seat is because i didn't know what it was and it's kind of like a hill that wants to be a mountain Mm. is that a is that a correct absolutely and it's kind of in the middle of edinburgh and you climb to the top of it and you get a good view yes right and the feeling of you know conquering
1: achievement what I loved is, um, in addition to the midges, there were, at the very top of Arthur's seat, many fag butts, cigarette butts. So, I love that so hard because yes. I got
0: to the top just thinking, you, you know, do you want to have a cigarette? You know, like my lungs were dying up there. And it was just like, yeah, you're going to stand up on this mountain that you've just climbed and you're going to have a cigarette. That's, and, and, I, you know, it fulfilled my need for nature... For like five years.
1: For five years. Because I'm on a strictly Mm.
0: five-year nature rotation. I don't need nature. Like, I get nervous when I'm in the city and I see a weed growing out of the sidewalk. Like, I, you know, something green. It might have a bug on it. I don't like it. I like concrete and crowds. Okay? So, I don't need this nature shit. But... You know, every five years you think, well, I'm a human being. You know, I should probably get some nature.
1: Marsha, you once told me when we were out in the country driving and we stopped off somewhere and just to take in the the view of a place of some significance. And you said, nature, it just ain't natural.
0: Dookie, I stand by that. It's not natural. And I appreciate you guys hauling my big ass to the top of this hill wannabe mountain thing and you're right it was a nice view and I'm good for another five years I don't need to see anything natural I'd like buildings the thing that I with uh, you know I learned a lot at this fringe and one of the things that I learned because I used to have a very intrepid friend who used to do things like she made crop circles and I'm sorry if you know if you think they're made by aliens, maybe they are. But this woman actually made her own crop <clears circles. throat> And she was intrepid. And she used to go canoeing by herself. And she went camping by herself in Scotland one year. And she came back early. And I said, why would you come back early? And she said, because of the midges. And, it, you know, I said to her, oh, okay. But in my head was going, you came back because of bugs? Mm. okay that didn't really fit with you know she seemed like a female bear grills like she came she let bugs drive her home from her holiday early and then when we were at the top of arthur's seat and there were all those midges stroke flying ants whatever they're called like to the point where like you're breathing in and they're going up your nostrils Mm. i said yeah oh i've learned that's what it would drive you home I mean, it was the most number of bugs congregating in one place outside of the Bible. I mean, it was biblical number. I brought them home in my bag, you know, unintentionally, and then I felt sorry for them because I thought I brought them out of their natural habitat and now they're in the kitchen in, in this flat.
1: From Scotland to England. Uh,
0: I feel really bad. Um, but... You know, what are you going to do? And there were like, you couldn't even see for the plague of midges. It
1: really was biblical up there.
0: It was biblical, Dookie. And people run up that thing.
2: It's true.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that either. Like, how do you run? Because it's like rocks at the top. Mm. Like, rocks. So you get people running. You know, it's, it's kind of precarious. And you get people running up and running back down. And, yeah, I'm glad I did not did it. I don't... You know, like, I don't even know, need to go out to the park now. <laughs> That's it. Like, I don't even need... Yeah. Like, where we live, you know, one of the ways of getting to the local store is to walk through the park.
1: Are you going to avoid that
2: for a few Or years? you can
0: go around and walk down the street. You know, mm. it doesn't matter either way. I think, yeah, I've had my nature now, and I think just the street is good because I don't need... You know, I'm not saying I don't, like. you know, out of a train window, whatever, you see a, a tree or like a rabbit or something. Mm. And I look and I think, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and I don't need to interact or engage with it in any way, shape or form. I don't need, I don't need that. I need concrete and crowds of people.
1: Concrete and crowds forever. That was the Dukey awards 2017
0: it was uh, a lot of awards given out i think they're all well deserved dookie well done to everyone and uh we we got old uh dookie radio show friends and hopefully some new ones
1: indeed yes watch the space
0: i'm gonna go make myself a burrito <laughs>
1: Well, that is indeed your lot. Many thanks to Sylvia and Marcia for being great partners in culture vulture crime at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and for their invaluable assistance with the Dukey Awards. To all the winners, your statues are in the post. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Dukey Awards 2017. My name is Dukey, and I've been your host. Until next time may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, scratch those midges out of my hair. Thanks for listening. Blimey, I almost forgot. I really need to pop my weasel as well. Half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop
0: goes the weasel.
1: Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com www.facebook.com the Dukey Radio Show, The Dukey Radio Show. The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show, The Dukey
2: Radio Show.
1: that's enough enough with the bagpipes i love scotland i love everything about you people that's enough
2: enough with the fucking bagpipes